How's it going, everybody? Welcome back. This week, we are talking about first aid CPR. So we're breaking down the top four something. Top four things you need to be asking for you to get training scheduled. Yep. Okay. Here we go. Let's get into it. Here we go. Joe and Jen, Allen Safety, this week's topics, top four things you should be asking before you do first aid CPR training. Yep. So just a little bit of housekeeping stuff. This is getting into our super busy season. We're getting ready to do a whole bunch of PP assessments, lockout procedures, confined space assessments, 10-hour classes. And so we kind of had a chat. We're like, you know what? It just, it feels right to dial back just a little bit to two yep. times a month. We so did it every week to kind of get everybody know what we're doing. Now yep. We so we did the the drops once a week on the podcast the whole time that we've been doing this, but we're going to dial it back for maybe maybe permanently. I don't know. We're going to we're going to feel it out. We're going to see how it goes, but we're going to dial it back to twice a month. So uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that first off the top. Sorry, sorry for the voice. We've got kids yep. and it's winter, so. We thought we had an immune system. Turns out, no. That's why we're doing a first aid episode. Yep. Because you have kids. You I need some first skills. aid right now. So, right, so uh, for those of you who don't know, I used to be in the military. I was a Navy corpsman. So originally, I did CPR training for years, and I didn't think much about some of these ideas because of the setting we did it in. We always assumed that you did it in the setting that you were going to be doing it in. So you trained in whatever task or process or environment you were going to train in and or do process. Yeah, it, it was already very regimented of yeah. this is the class you're going to be have outside. We're going to be on, getting dirty. Yeah. That's yep. how you're going to do first aid CPR. I get in the civilian yep. world and I find out none of that. There's all these really, different versions. Yeah, I was confused. So here's how it goes. Top four things. Number one, figure out what kind you actually need. Yeah. Am I going to need one person, two person? Am I going to use an AED? Am I not? Am I going to have it in a classroom setting or have it in the field? You need to figure out where your classroom is actually going to be the knowledge you want the person to have that's going to be doing the training and how's it actually going to end result what you're looking for? Well, I think if you, you could even dial it back a step farther than that and look at it from the standpoint of what are the injuries that we could realistically have based on whatever industry we're in? So what are the injuries sure. that we have if I'm, if I'm, at this location that we have yeah. a history of? In this industry, what are the injuries? And yeah. then look at like what do we expect people to even respond to? A packaging machine is going to be different than a live animal. That's going to be different than than a truck trailer. It's going to be different than a yeah. seizure event. So it's it's and we've got a list of other things we'll cover. But the point is, you got to make that decision first. You got to find out yeah. what Some am things I really you may wanting. decide we're not even going to respond to that. That's way past yeah. what we're comfortable with. And, and that so, is what you need to decide. You yeah. need to decide your limit because even though I did what I did in the military, there was a limit to what I didn't do. Yeah, And then that defaulted to other people with more experienced education. You also have to decide that. So you got to decide what kind of class you're going to have, what environment you're going to have, what's the end result, and then you got to decide what is going to be my stopping point of this class. So that's the first one. You got to figure that out. Yep. The second one is you got to figure out what exactly it's for. So for example, are you going to be doing fine space entries? Maybe you're not. So you don't need first aid CPR. Maybe you are. Now you need first aid CPR for those people. Are you going to be looking at moving live animals? If you have a live animal... And it's coming off a trailer. That's completely different first aid CPR than managing an animal and a person in an area full of animals like or in inside or, or outside. Yeah, like a yeah. Yeah, turkeys yeah, or pens. chickens or pins or something yeah. inside with multiple animals moving around. 
having a heart attack there is completely different treatment than having it in a, in a classroom setting or an office space. Yes. You could have area, areas like, like my old plant in the cattle pen area. We had a person go down with a medical event. No one has a policy that says, I will do medical treatment on somebody while I'm looking at the animal at eye level. Yeah. So how are you going to move the animals? How are you going to perimeter off the area for that person to see and stabilize the area? And the other thing we looked at is you have catwalks and you may decide to use an AED or not. Yep. Or are you going to allow certain AEDs or certain catwalks or say these areas we're not going to use the AED. We're just going to do compressions and let the fire department or the ambulance crew manage it. Yeah. Another one could be a cotton. Are we going to allow people to work with someone to cotton an auger, cotton a piece of equipment? Yeah. Who? Is that the first aid crew or right. is that my maintenance crew? Right. Maybe that's maybe my one volunteer of the fire and, and medical, by the time they get there, most of the stabilization has been done. So maybe yeah. your first aid is stabilizing the scene. Yeah. And maintenance may be the one actually doing the cut out the auger, the machine, because, or pulling a pin on a conveyor because fire doesn't know or ambulance isn't sure. So they default to you. You got to ask those questions. What for? Well, and I think you can take it all the way back and tie it into when you're doing your annual visits with your fire department. Are they paid or are they volunteer? Yep. Because that could be changing what they're able or they have the skill sets or the tools or the Absolutely. equipment to even do. They may not have the tools and the equipment to do. Or the crewing or, anymore. Yeah, to, yeah, to do some of these tasks. And that may kind of change the training that you're going to have to provide for your folks. Absolutely. Another one is, so that's your that's your second one. Decide what you're going to do it for. Yeah. What are the categories? Now you go down to your weird section. Now, what are the weirds? Arc flash. Everyone has an MCC room. Yep. Are you going to expect your people to respond to an MCC room? Responding to someone in a burned event in MCC room is completely different than someone laying in a perfect environment in a classroom when everything looks exactly right. Yeah, like an office setting. Yeah, it, that's yeah. not the same thing. The same thing showing at that yeah. event. So what would you do? Another weird one would be a backboard. Are you going to allow them to use a backboard or not? A lot of first aid CPR training doesn't cover backboard use, but yeah, someone will imply that they're going to use the backboard for the using AD. Well, then you got to train them how they're going to do that. And how you're going to, are you even going to move them or not? Or is your first CPR say you're going to treat them right there no matter what? Yeah. And up to and including what kind of backboard style design, human moving device are you going to even have? Because there's so many different versions. You've got baskets, you've got the fiberglass flat ones. I, you know, what kind of straps are you going to do? Some fold in half, some don't, some are wooden, you know, what, what even are you going to have? High stands, you're going to be working elevated areas. Yep. So are you going to stabilize someone there and bring a, a fire truck in to move them down? Are you going to have a high stand on a production floor where you're expected to move that person eight foot down? How are you going to do that process? So think about when you're doing first aid CPR, you may do the process, but what are the multiple variables around that that's going to change the way yeah. that you may do that job? Well, and I think part of it is really just defining Maybe it's in a program. Maybe it's through working with a corporate if you have a, a corporate team. You know, if you've got corporate doctors or corporate medical nursing, sure. something like that. But, but it's working with those teams. And if you don't, you know, working with your local area to really determine what are we wanting people to respond to? What is the scope of equipment we want to have here? And what should that equipment be given our environment that we're Absolutely. working in and so, really working through that? Yeah. So my last weird is the remote areas. We yeah. have areas that I'm, you know, hundreds and hundreds of feet to a next resource. Maybe that's a barn and an ambulance is long ways away. Oh, it could be like a maybe, quarter mile easily. Yeah, maybe it's a wastewater area. It's the back of a plant long ways away. Oh, maybe, yeah. Those are way, yeah, maybe way it's back. a Maybe it's a 
you know, we have an area where we're moving product and that product is, you know, the back 40 somewhere. And, and yep. we've got a UTV out there doing work and someone gets a cut or something. So look well, at the I'm remote areas. I'm thinking specifically like some of our packing houses. Yeah, the wastewater is way far away. Yeah, it takes a couple of minutes. So it, you, it's so a you gotta, long walk. So what you you have to, that's why they have the little UTVs and right. stuff. You so know, you have to, to get back Yeah, there. so basically if someone's driving a UTV to go back and forth. Because they're too far to walk. That's I'm telling thinking you, of some that's of remote our, area. Yeah, I'm thinking of some of our complexes <clears throat> where we may have a plant and a hatchery or and a mill mm-hmm. or whatever kind of on the same we'll say property right or but it's not like really. across the street but it, yeah i mean it yeah, yeah you, city you drive almost. it yeah. you drive it because it's too far so if it's a remote area you got to think about how you're going to stabilize that person give them medical care and wait for the timing for the agencies to get yeah, there are we moving them or are we not and, and how do we make those determinations and so i think what i'm hearing the the biggest thing is is Typically, when we get some kind of first aid CPR, BLS, ALS, whatever the case may be, we are getting skill sets to treat a human being, but those are being displayed to us in a classroom or a conference room, and it's perfect. Correct. And typically speaking, that instructor is not real familiar with whatever our environment is on the industrial side. And so the scenarios that we're working through, we're not having those scenarios be tailored to a high stand to Correct. electrical or arc flash to it's dirty and wastewater. And how do I provide dignity with lots of people standing around? If I've got to use an AED, we're not tailoring the training to include Correct. some of those things. And so I guess the question really becomes, do we lean on the trainer to provide that? And is that something the trainer is willing to provide? Or is that something that we have to catch up then on the back end as a location if they won't, because somehow we still have to close that gap and close that circle. So my other side of it is legal disclaimer. These are our opinions. You can do whatever you want to do. And also we don't teach first aid CPR. So this is one of those things that we used to to for years and and I still work medical events today. I mean, I still work car wrecks and events. I'm going down the road. Well, it's because you have a medical background, but you're just not certified to teach it any longer. Right. So the the point of it is this is just what you want to think about. And our our fourth one is, is the dignity side. I spent a lot of my career working on the, how to protect the scene, how to protect the environment, how to protect the dignity of that person, whether it be an eye wash in a shower, we're expecting to use it for first aid CPR, but- Let's give them. You know, yeah, we're going to sit here and wash somebody off for 15, 15 minutes, minutes in the cold, cold water in an outdoor setting. Let's give them some dignity. Yeah. We actually think about when you're treating somebody in a scene, whether it be a, a you know, maybe they have a seizure and they're driving a vehicle on the property. I've worked those and yeah. you, you scene stabilized. You don't let just everybody walk by and take a picture. You don't let everybody look at everything that's going on. Yeah. You scene stabilize weird. the area, manage them because take care of them. And then there's other events it would happen to, but you should have, like we talked about, you should have. I've got to decide what kind of training I want to have. What is going to be the end use for this training? Well, yep. All these weird one-offs that my environment has that normal, like like an AD. You don't use an AD a lot of times in the morning where I work because it's covered in water. So there's a two-hour period where you don't use an AD. You, yeah. you may move this someone off the floor or that area to use the AD, or diff, you know, 30 minutes later, it's not an issue. It's, so it's that weird environment you have. And yeah. then the last one is, how are you going to manage the dignity of that person for everything you're expecting to do to help them during that medical scenario. Well, yeah, given where where Wherever they end is. up having the event, it could be an employee parking lot, it could be in the the main hallway. Absolutely. You know, they have the right to not have everybody staring at them when they're having a Bad vulnerable day. moment, yeah. you know. So, so so I think the biggest thing is just really evaluating 
when you're writing your first aid CPR plans or programs, or even if you're you're writing some of that into your emergency action plans, really thinking through, it's not just a caught in or a heart attack. It, how would this genuinely play out in different areas of our facility and making sure that we're giving the managers and supervisors the tools they need to navigate that environment and Correct. and also while this is going on. Correct. And and figuring out how to kind of dovetail and join those together. That's correct. So what so the only training we do close to this, we do some instant manager training. We talk about some of these scenarios and different yeah. examples. Yep. And like I said, whatever whatever you decide to do at your location, start with what is the end result? Yeah, and where do you want to end up? Yeah, probably where the easiest you, way to do it. Where so. do you want to end up and, and what is the expectation you have of your managers? And, and what do you want them to be able to do? And then just, yeah, making sure that we've got some kind of program and training that supports getting to that end result. Absolutely. So that's our episode for today. We appreciate it. Thanks for listening. All right, guys, take care. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe. Thank you for listening to Safe, Efficient, Profitable, a worker safety podcast. If you're looking for more in-depth discussions or step-by-step solutions on all of the different safety and regulatory topics, please visit us at www.allensafetycoaching.com for web-based virtual coaching and training or at www.allen-safety.com to book our team for on-site services, training sessions, to order merchandise, to learn more about our team and what services we provide in the field, or just simply to request a topic for us to cover on our next podcast. If you found today's podcast helpful and would like to support our podcast further, please help us by subscribing, liking, and sharing this podcast with anyone that could benefit from the information we cover here as that helps us to continue to put out this free content. Thank you so much for your support.